Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me as always is the ravishing Karen Randazzo. You're so nice to me and I was so mean about your zookeeper dream. And the ever cute Chris Randazzo. Christ, I'm tired. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I... I don't even want to give my quote now. <laughs> oh, the ever-love, luscious Chris Randazzo. Better? Who's the man in the iron mask? We here on this week's episode talk television, so sometimes we get a little spoilery. Um, and this is a big week, because it's 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 the return of, of the thrones. So, if you do not want Game of Thrones, Catastrophe Season 1, How I Met Your Mother, or the... Most recent episode of The Flash for us, because there's one playing right now as we speak, which we aren't watching because we're recording. Please go check out those shows. Come back once you've seen them. We'll make them more entertaining for you. But as a as an added little bonus for all of you fans out there, Chris is 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 chomping at the bit to to do a little little chat about his favorite Dragon Ball Super. So, Chris. You said two minutes, mm-hmm. and whenever you are ready to go, go. All right. Timer starts now. Okay, so I really just wanted to mention something about Dragon Ball Super, because uh, I left on that big cliffhanger last time where I was all pissed off that it looked like Goku was going to lose the fight anyway. Well, it turns out that Goku did lose the fight, but not for the reason that the dumbass promo monkeys made it look like. They were uh, <laughs> fighting one another, and then... Uh, they were, you know, just getting more powerful, more powerful, blah, 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 blah. And then Goku just stepped out of the ring. It was just like, I, we're not being pawns in these gods games anymore. And y- yeah, I respect you. I'm out. And then Hit uh, t- went to go take on the next guy and he did the same thing. So both of them forfeited the match, but Goku's team eventually wound up winning. Uh, e- evil other god, god of destruction, Champa, started getting really pissed off at everyone was going to blow everything up. And the reason I wanted to mention this is because this episode was goofy as hell in the way that only <laughs> Dragon Ball can be. There were two things that happened that made me so incredibly happy. Thing number one, there was this weird-looking squid character called um, uh, the King of the Universe. Interesting. It's never done anything. It just looks like a jellyfish, a bunch of tentacles, and it was called the King of the Universe. <laughs> and nobody had any idea that there was a King of the Universe, uh, but apparently he is the King of the Universe. And towards the end of the episode, when Goku was like, you know, paying his respects, when he was like, hey, thanks for coming and watching the match, he grabs one of his tentacles, shakes it, and it turns out that that wasn't a tentacle, it was his junk. <laughs> and everyone got very embarrassed. But then at the very, very end of the episode, both of the Gods of Destruction got incredibly like terrified as this tiny little blue goo monster thing adorable as heck shows up in the middle of the ring it's got a crown on his head and everyone's like who is that it's the king of everything (laughs) wow they're really stretching here with those names huh (laughs) it's just the concept of a king of everything that is somehow more important than the king of the universe and it's just this adorable little blue goop blob thing it was hysterical i was laughing my ass off and it's that kind of just goofball nature that makes me love dragon ball that's but that's my two minutes that's all i had to say well done king sir so we got we got the king of the universe the king of everything and a, a tentacle shaking nice i like that i like that good stuff so happy. <laughs> all right I, i'm gonna go first this week because i want to and I'm the host, and I can. I have been doing uh, a Netflix rewatch for myself, 
and I don't know why. I guess I must have been bored one day. And, because you hate yourself. Well, no, no. I must have been bored, and I put a show on in the background, and it's one of those shows that I can ignore, but when I watch it, I enjoy it. Now, I may be of the minority, which is fine, but I have watched all of How I Met Your Mother once again. Um, I don't know. I think there's seven or eight seasons. I thought there was ten. Was there ten? Jesus Christ, there's a lot of this show. Um, I, I really... I like the show because every episode I laugh. And even if it's something stupid or, you know, something thought well, well out, I laugh. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of Jason Siegel, who plays Marshall on the show. I also like Allison Hanning, Hannon, Hannigan, Hannigan. Hannigan. Um, she plays his wife, Lily. And I think they are one of the cutest couples on television. Uh, maybe not the best couple, but they're adorable together. I would totally agree with that assessment. Uh, they are adorable, but they're not the best. Right. Like, they're not perfect. No, 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 no. They're far from perfect. I mean, the first season, like, she just bolts. She has a tendency to bolt. Um, And, like, watching Neil Patrick Harris as oh Barney Stinson God. is is, <laughs> is utterly stunning to me. Because I know the man is gay. Everybody knows that Neil Patrick Harris is gay. He's got a lovely husband, good times. He plays such a horrible, horrible human being on this show, a womanizing scumbag, and it is awesome. Just awesome. Uh, specifically, I want to talk about season six, episode 13, and, uh, titled Bad News. Um, this one, I wanted to talk about this one because I'm a sucker for father-son moments. And there are a couple of good ones in this show, specifically between Marshall and his dad. We don't really see, I don't, there's only, I think only one, nope, two other father figures in the show, and that's Robin's father, who is Satan from, from Reaper. I can't remember his name. He's that guy. That guy. And, um, Lily's father, who he pops in every once in a while, um, Oh my god, and and he's played by Chris Elliott, and he's like uh, always trying to make like board games, and they always fail. Horrible, horrible board games. (laughs) I forgot about that. That was great. (laughs) He brought over his most recent creation, Diseases. I brought diseases. Um, (laughs) So in this episode, okay, a little bit of backstory. Throughout the whole show, they have been every once in a while popping in this little storyline about doppelgangers that they are working through showing every doppelganger for every character in the show um there was lesbian lily no no it was it was lesbian robin stripper lily um mustache marshall mexican wrestler ted and the last one that they hadn't found yet was um barney's doppelganger now, Lily and Marshall at this point in time are trying to have a child. This is really, really early on in that, that effort. I think it's six days in. But the reason they decided to start having a child is because they felt the universe gave them a sign because they said, when we find all of the doppelgangers, our, our, our efforts are complete. We don't have anything else to work for. We can, we can try to have a kid. And that would be the universe telling 
us that it's time. And it was this cute little moment where Lily finally comes to grips and she she sees Barney's doppelganger as I think he was a pretzel vendor and everybody else it didn't look like Barney at all she saw the spitting image so then they start trying to have the kid and it's not going well it's you know apparently they're having sex all the time and it's only six days in it's just way over the top but they decide to go to a fertility doctor and when they go to the doctor's office uh, the doctor walks in and it is Barney with with a wig and a beard on. Or at least it looks like Barney with a wig and a beard on. And they both freak out because that's the type of shit Barney does to try to see Lily's bits. Um, turns out he's actually a real doctor and he gives them fantastic news that everything is okay. They just have to give it time. Nobody is infertile or they, they will likely, likely have a child. The, the pregnancy on TV always works like this. Like, it, it's never realistic. It's always like, oh, we had sex last night, and then this morning I took a pregnancy test, and guess what? I'm pregnant. Right. That is not how it works. Anyone out there who's like, doesn't have a kid and doesn't know anything about that, I'm just telling you, don't pay any attention to TV. And actually, with this show, they did make a go. I think they actually went on for months without, well, in their timeline, months. Not necessarily months with the show, but... um. <sighs> The thing about the, the 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 episode continues with its normal routine of, you know, this uh, Robin has a little thing at work where she gets embarrassed by one of her coworkers, and uh, of course Ted is some, doing something stupid with some woman. But <laughs> in the background, the first time I watched it, I didn't notice it until halfway through. There's numbers. There's a countdown running, and it'll be like I think it started at fifty or sixty. And it was like uh, on the cover of a book that Ted is reading. It says 60 most beautiful bridges in the world. And then the next would be 59, 58. And, and it, they're all hidden in the background somewhere. And you get the feeling that it's if you notice it, it's leading to something. Um, with the fantastic news that, that you know, uh, Marshall and, and Lily get about having a child, the, the end of the show is... Marshall finding out that his father has passed away. The devastation that is on this man's face was some of the best acting I have ever seen because it really, like, it wrenched at my heart. The The relationship that Marshall and his father had were, were best friends. He told his father everything. It, it, it moved me for such a silly, silly comedy, a, a, a sitcom that it has no basis in reality, no bearing whatsoever. This moment of this show just made all the feels come out. And that's one thing that this show is kind of good for. Every once in a while, it'll throw in a real heartfelt moment. Even like Barney has had moments on the show where it's love lost or whatever it may be. The, the, the amount of energy and, and stuff that they put into all the relationship building is ridiculous in this show. They're the best of friends. Their family lives are all flushed out. Like you get all the information that you need to. And it's just a silly sitcom that makes me laugh consistently. So, like I said, there's, what did we say? 10 seasons. I breezed through this. Like, it's something that you don't have to pay attention to that you could pop in and out and get a good laugh every once in a while. I, I give it a good thumbs up. 
this especially these heartfelt moments you get you know death of family members marriages births like they're just some really wonderful wonderful moments in what is in essence just a silly little sitcom that follows all the normal tropes that it is supposed to because like we said it's not based in any sort of reality whatsoever uh so that's that's my little bit let's let's move on to you karen Oh, me. Yes. Now, when you mentioned that you're going to watch the show, I'd never heard of it before. And then you told me that it was on Amazon. And then I realized why I hadn't heard of it before because I don't – I didn't realize. Like, I used to have one of those Amazon sticks uh-huh. and something went wrong. Like, it doesn't work anymore. When you said you're watching this, I had to figure out how I'm going to do it. And then I realized I I have a PS4. It does Amazon too. So I watched I – watched three of the episodes of the, the first three episodes of the show I, I enjoyed it good call on you on your part thank you uh i had heard a lot about this show and uh finally found a, a little window in my schedule where i was looking for something to fill it and uh i feel uh, this show i love this show i don't recognize I love- anybody in this show uh there's not really many recognizable faces okay um I I feel about this show the way some people feel about like chocolate. Like I just want more. <laughs> I always want more. I want to like bathe in it. I want to you know rub it all over. I just I love. I want to be in this show all the time, which is why it's really sad that there are only two seasons of six episodes each for a total of what six hours of the show. Yeah, not a lot to go on. So I feel like there's a trend in uh, TV and in half-hour comedies lately to have, like, half-hour comedies about love, romance, dating, sex, marriage, whatever, relationships with deeply flawed protagonists. I think we saw that a lot with prestige dramas with Mad Men and Breaking Bad and, like, let's have all our anti-heroes and then they're like, let's take this over to comedy. Mm-hmm. And we got stuff like You're the Worst, You're which the you mentioned worst. on the show, yep. uh, Evan. Yep. And I watched a couple of those, and uh, it wasn't really for me. I I liked it. It made me laugh, but I didn't like the people in it. Uh, same goes for another show on Hulu called Casual, where, again, it was like the same kind of like really flawed people trying to be in relationships, and it just didn't grab me. This show grabbed me in the way that those didn't, and it's because of the main characters. She's um, English. She's Irish, actually. Well. Yeah, six of one, half dozen of the other. She's not. Uh, don't say that to an Irish person. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but to me, the reason that 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 these characters are different is because I like them. Like, I I think you can have deeply flawed characters who are, you know aren't perfect and make mistakes and say terrible things sometimes but are still likable and nice to each other. And like they get into a relationship and they treat each other like they don't always treat each other nicely, but they always treat each other with respect and with dignity and with like, just, you know, the, the kind of care that you would treat a person that you're in a relationship with, whether you're happy with them or not, which in a, in the bulk of the episodes in the first season, at least they are like, despite all odds. So I should probably, the uh, premise of the show is uh which is it's rob delaney and sharon horgan sharon horgan is the uh the irish woman 
<laughs> and Rob plays a uh, an American businessman who's in London for a week for a business trip, ends up hooking up with Sharon at a bar, and they hook up all week long. Like, Six times. <laughs> they do nothing but have sex all week. Um, and then he goes back to America and everything's fine until she calls him. And I love that he has this in, in his phone. She comes up on his caller ID as Sharon London Sex. <laughs> and she tells him she's pregnant. And uh, He's on a date and he tells the girl that it's his mother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then like, you know, goes out to whatever, some balcony where she can see him and like has this like, phone call about the unplanned pregnancy, which um, is the catastrophe in the title. So first of all, well done show. Good name. <laughs> like, I just think that's hilarious. Um, and, you know, he's, like, distraught and shocked and totally thrown off and doesn't know what to do. And he's, like, falling over and trying to find a place to sit down. And the woman is watching him, like, oh, my God, is he okay? She comes back to the table and she, she says, is your mom okay? And he goes, yeah, she's pregnant. <laughs> uh, so both of these leads... Um, Rob Delaney and Sharon Horgan are both comics in their own right, and they're both hilarious. And so I'm really glad that they, you know, hooked up together to do this show. Uh, he he is a good guy and moves to London to be with her and help her figure out what to do because she's uh she's a little bit older. She's forty forty one, I think, or for, she has her forty first birthday during the during this season. Um, so. There's lots of complications with the pregnancy when you're that age, and she doesn't know what she wants to do, and she didn't think she was going to have any kids or get married, so, or, you know, at least not have any kids by this age, so it's a, it's a big curveball for both of them. But they're two really, totally real people. They're just, like, their reactions to the situation are so true. And while this is a setup that sounds like it could be totally fake, it's, it's, they managed to make it like, I don't know what else to say. They make it real. The, the, like the IMDb description of the show doesn't do it justice because when you actually watch the show, it's way better than the way they describe it. Yeah. And they get, they give it a kind of a, like a, you know, a lukewarm. Stare- Stereotypical, type stereotypical thing. kind of. Oh, watch what zany antics happen. Yeah. But that's like it's so much deeper than that. Uh, they acknowledges the reality of the situation. They don't pretend that it's going to be easy. They don't pretend like, oh, we're it's going to be fine. I totally love you. Like they're like, no, I don't fucking even barely know you, but <laughs> it's going to be okay somehow. We'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> they they genuinely like each other. And they both want to be parents, so they're just make the best of it. Um, it's got a great cast. Uh, the two leads are great. Um, my favorite character is Chris, who is uh, sort of the husband of a friend of, of the, the female lead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and he's played by Mark Bonner, who uh, probably nobody knows who he is, but I recognize him and... and when I watched one of these with Chris in the room, he was like, I know that voice. He was on two episodes of Doctor Who. Um, uh. 
No, if, I if anybody remembers the the almost people in the rebel flesh, go back and look for Jimmy, and that's who it is. Um, and Carrie Fisher uh, guests as Rob's mom, who is a oh, totally, that's right, I forgot about that. <laughs> she's totally against, like pretty much everyone in their lives is like, you guys are crazy. Every you barely episode, know each other. <laughs> every episode that I watched, there was at least one scene with with Fisher, and she's saying these like so ridiculous things to him because he wants to have the kid and do the right thing she's like the last you're going to ruin your life yeah. the last thing you do is move there every time i, he I hangs looked up, up on she, her she goes fucker yeah, she's like i looked up the law it's not you know there's no law she can't make you stay there like she does no concept of him actually wanting to do this uh so th- i i I just, uh, you know, going through briefly through the season, they go through the whole pregnancy um, and you see all that she gets a she goes to the doctor and she finds out that she has what's called a pre cancer, (laughs) which they don't really do a very good job of explaining how that's different from cancer, which obviously makes her the the both of them very worried about it, even though it's it's the, the conversation when they were when she, they were talking to the doctor and she just, the female doctor the first one mm-hmm. and she looks at him and she goes she, she just said cancer like eight times it, I'm getting worried <laughs> yes um so there's there's all of that to deal with there's uh you know they they eventually they decide they're gonna get married but they you know she they both resist it or she resists it more than he does. Uh, and then he, you know, tries to convince her and he has, he just did do a lot of convincing of like, no, I really like you. I really want to do this. There's a conversation they're having a, like an outdoor cafe where she's like, I don't understand why you're doing this. You can leave. You don't have to do this. I'm not asking you to stay. And he's like, can you just kind of acknowledge the possibility that I like you and I want to do this, you fucking idiot? And that's kind of just how they talk to each other, which is like... <laughs> I really like their relationship. I really, really do. I really do, too. Uh, and, and, I mean, they deal with all the sort of things like he... Um, so he moves to... Uh, I guess they live in London. Yeah, he moves to London... Um, his, he works for an advertising agent, agency in Boston, and uh, they're like, sure, you can open up a London office of our firm over there, assuming this is contingent on him actually getting some business, which he has some trouble doing. And like they deal with things like that, things like she wants some space because she lives in a tiny apartment and he's got nowhere else to go. And, and he's humongous. <laughs> he's a big, tall American man. And she like tries to send him out. And he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have anywhere to go. Like just all kinds of like really brilliant things like that. And they they mine those those really everyday things for just some really brilliant comedy. And like most of the season, it goes along really, uh, really amazing. And like even though everything is hard and everything is scary, and like they don't know what they're gonna do, and they run into all these problems, like. At the core of it is two people who are really sweet to each other and they really like each other and it's really wonderful. And then <laughs> I won't spoil it. Um, <laughs> but the, the end of the season ends on like this note of like, 
I, I mean, I finished watching it and I went into Chris and I was like, holy shit, they just ended the season. And like, uh, they're, by now, by the time I saw it, the second season had come out. But if I was a person watching that and the first season ended, I would have been like, oh my God. Oh, no. Like with no, oh, no indication. It's one of those things where it's like, I have no indication of when the next season of this will happen. Like, it's not on regular TV. It's just on streaming. So <laughs> there's no way for me to know when they're going to make it. They'll make another one of this whenever they feel like it. I so if I watched that and I was just like, had no way of knowing if or when there was going to be any more, I'd be losing my mind. Oh, no. I'm going to be up this... late tonight watching the rest of this goddamn show. I know. <laughs> but the, and then the problem is that if you do that, then you're going to run out and then you're not going to have any more. And that's going to be a problem, too. The double-edged um, sword. Yeah. All I can say is go watch the show. Go watch all 12 episodes. The full second season? Did it? Uh, did they release episodically or did they? I don't know how. No, Amazon, they dro- Amazon drops all at the same okay. time. Um, and yeah, there's only six episodes. That Second season came out a couple of weeks ago. Oh, no. <laughs> um, which is how it sort of came back across my radar. And I was like, oh, okay, catastrophe. I remember that show. Uh, I have to... Put that on my list. The episode three at one point in time was dealing with um, Sharon waking up with like just shy of night terrors. <laughs> <laughs> she had this. Uh, she reached this part of her pregnancy where her symptoms were that she was simultaneously really depressed and horny. <laughs> that too. That was good. That was good comedy. <laughs> the opener of that episode, which was like, she wakes up in bed with all these like worries, and then she wakes up Rob, and she's got to tell him all about all of her problems. <laughs> and like, you know, it's a really good demonstration of their relationship because she tells him all these like insane things that will never happen that she's worried about, and he like takes them seriously, and he's like, "It's gonna be okay. This is what we're gonna do about this. We're gonna figure this out. Where everything's gonna be okay." And he like talks her down. And then to make her laugh, he sort of starts listing all these other things to worry about and gets himself worked up about, like, sort of grand or global level problems in the world that he's worried about when he lets himself worry about things. And she's like, whatever, you're not going to solve anything about it, you know, talking to me in bed at night, so I'm going to go to sleep. And so now she's effectively woken him up with her worries and then gone to sleep leaving him awake with his worries so at that exact moment he's like oh geez thanks asshole (laughs) that made me laugh for a good 15 minutes it really it's just so brilliant very well Uh, very very well done show yeah and not very many stupid tropes i didn't notice yeah like it seemed pretty unique i mean some of the characters caricatures of people like uh his friend not chris not mark bonner his yeah, other the, the friend. fellow american guy dave yeah what I a think. douchebag yeah. yeah he is the most like conventional sitcom character in the in the show but everybody else it's, it's pretty unique i liked it i liked it a lot actually yeah and now i'm gonna spend another hour and a half up watching at least the end of this season yay if you want, I'll tell you off the air what the cliffhanger is so you don't feel like you have to stay up late. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. So you you good? You happy? 
<laughs> I'm quite happy. Uh, okay. Chris? Yo. All right. We, we'll give you a, a little bit more than, than two minutes for this one. I don't know how many minutes I'm going to need. Um, that- well, yeah, when when you had brought it to my attention that you wanted to talk about this episode, I hadn't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. And then I don't th- I don't think in the first mentioning you made it aware to me that you were unhappy. Extremely unhappy. And then I watched it and I was like, why did he want to talk about this episode? <laughs> and then it became clear that you were unhappy. So, let's let's do some, let's 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 talk some flash. Let's talk some flash. All right. So, um this was a it's called versus Zoom. So, we get a, you know, we found out Hunter Zolomon was Jay Garrick, Jay Garrick was Hunter Zolomon, whatever. Um yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. All right. Cool. Um The cat's going to eat those tissues, that's all. <laughs> nice try, cat. Nice try, Laoshe. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so so we get Hunter Zalman's backstory, which is extremely messed up. Yeah, it He's is. A little, <laughs> little kid, dad comes home from the war, murders his mom right in front of him. No, well, makes, not, him makes him watch. Man, makes him watch. <laughs> like, yo, get in here and check this out. You're going to want to see this. your mom. He actually <laughs> said, you're going to want to see this. <laughs> It was remarkable. So, um, yeah, no wonder he turned out to be a, a screwed up individual. Uh, he goes in orphan- orphanages, blah blah blah, becomes a supervillain. You know, it's it's the a, story a, a of Zoom. serial murderer. I think they kept saying it was something yeah, weird, so- something crazy like that. We finally got to see the little uh, chest bracket thingy that was in the Supergirl crossover, and then we saw him essentially do the Supergirl crossover. Oh, yeah, the stutter. <laughs> He's just like runs, disappears, comes right back. Huh, that was weird. <laughs> and I do not buy for a second that Barry Allen doesn't tell anyone, especially Seriously. Cisco, what the hell, that he just went to another Earth with an alien on it. Yeah, seriously. I mean, imagine Cisco Ramon's reaction to that. Exactly. Like, And we got robbed. We they, they talked about it a little bit on, you know, I mean, that whole episode of Supergirl was adorable. Like. And they even started mentioning something about, like, interdimensional travel or something like that. And Barry literally just did that. I feel like they were, the episodes were shot at different times. Like, they shot the Flash episode first and then shot the Supergirl. So they couldn't comment on it until they released closer to each other type of thing. So I'm kind of hoping that the next episode we will get some sort of... At least a a glimpse of what happened Just there. Some kind of nod, some kind of something, because at, there were opportunities in that specific episode at that moment where Barry would have said, "Yo, some crazy stuff just happened." Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, this was some yeah. kind of behind the scenes timing type thing. Maybe they're not allowed to talk about one thing or another on one network or another. I don't give a crap. It was dumb. It was dumb that it didn't get mentioned, even though it was. Like, physically part of it. So, whatever. That wasn't my gripe with the episode. I was fine with it. So, the thing successfully increased Barry's speed. Barry's fast enough to, to beat Zoom. And they, you know, do a bunch of stuff with Vibe, Cisco, to get him to, you know, convince him to not go all Darth Vader. And he's, he's going to be fine. They're not convincing him not to go with Darth Vader. They're convincing him that he's not going to turn into Darth Vader. And, um... They convince him to open the breach. Zoom comes in. Flash beats the crap out of him. Blah, blah, blah. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
hold up, okay? They, Barry did not use his speed to stop Zoom. He used pictures of his mom and his dad. Yeah, they that could they have been done in slow mo. <laughs> that could have been done in slow mo. Yes. Problem but, number two that I have also. That to cut you off. Um, <laughs> why did they open a breach and then like get Zoom to come up? Like, if Zoom is such a threat. Why don't you go over to Earth 2 since you can open, you're the only one that can open the breach. Why don't you go there and contain the threat on the other Earth so that he can't use people you love, spoiler alert, against you? Um, here's another question. Why do we need Cisco to open the breach when Flash just traveled to Supergirl time? That's Thank what I'm you. talking about. Okay. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, uh, those crazy plot points uh plot holes aside they've they they get zoom um but then zoom breaks out and he kidnaps what was it wally yes he kidnaps wally he's like i'm gonna kill wally unless you give me your speed force okay so they go they 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 uh, but barry offers himself up they get wally back and then they go through with the plan flash is faster than zoom Mm-hmm. They got Wally back. Mm-hmm. Zoom has no leverage. Has zero leverage. Absolutely no leverage at all whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They have no reason to give Zoom Flash's speed force. Not a single one. And yet they go with it. And not just like at that exact moment. Like Wally gets away. They put him in a car, he drives away, he goes home, they he takes off his shoes, he takes a, a shower, <laughs> watches a couple episodes of uh, Breaking Bad on Netflix, goes to bed. I mean, he's gone. He is out of danger. They're bringing him back to the lab, they're hanging out, they're talking to Zoom, getting his backstory, his motivations, and blah, 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 blah. And then they give him a speed force. Why? Because when Zoom steals what's her name, it has he, he has to be where Barry can't catch him. That's why he can't have speed. No, I tried. Bullshit. <laughs> because that never would have happened if they, I don't know, stopped the villain that they had every ability to stop. The moment the villain had no leverage. This was so colossally poorly written. So unfathomably stupid. This was pants on head retarded. (laughs) I cannot even wrap my head around the sheer idiocy of the people who wrote this and said, ah, it'll be fine. These are the people that watch Arrow. They won't think anything of this. No, I hold this show up to... Way higher standards than that. We need some kind of character motivation here, other than, like, what do they owe Zoom? What possible, possible reason could they have had for letting them get away with this? Now, this is the problem that I have. They have given Zoom Flash's speed, so Flash is now powerless, okay? Zoom takes, I can't remember the girl's name. What's the girl's name? Caitlin. Takes Caitlin. So now he has Caitlyn because apparently at the very last second, Zoom's heart grew two sizes and he still has feelings for Caitlyn. So now, in essence, to get Caitlyn back, they have to beat Zoom 
sans speed. Well, I mean, they could just pump Barry up with some velocity nine, but whatever. Is it still is it still velocity nine? Or Velocity Epsilon, whatever the hell it is, I don't care. <laughs> I probably have to go to something else because Caitlin may be the only person who knows how to make it and they don't have any more. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that they would not, like, acknowledge the fact that Barry and Team Flash are smart enough to come up with some sort of plan that would, like, like I'm convinced, whatever this is, whatever they did, you know, to give give up Zoom, give give up the Speed Force to Zoom, like that's some kind of fake out. That's all part of their plan. But they didn't put that anywhere in the episode, and that's where the failure is. Yeah, there's no. I mean, no if it shows up in the next episode that it was a fake out, <laughs> slow clap. Thank you. Well played. You had me fooled, but I don't think that it is. I think it's just dumb bullshit to make the plot move forward they didn't know what to do i mean all right the wells uh not wells yeah um harry harrison wells Mm -hmm. he had an opportunity he had the whole dumb thing in his hand the speed force transfer pseudoscience thing (laughs) you mean you mean to tell me he couldn't have like mucked with that in the you know 20 minutes or something they were hanging out there getting all that business together to i don't know poison zoom or something like there were so many opportunities to do anything other than just like well i guess let's give the villain what he wants because of reasons (laughs) it was so lame it was so so lame i'm i'm angry at you flash i think i think the best that we can hope for is that that it was some kind of you know fake out or scheme or plan that went wrong um and then they like you know in the next episode they reveal like oh this is what they were trying to do all along and you know flash back to some unseen moment from this episode where they like switched whatever the speed force gun thing or whatever uh that's the best we can hope for and then i'll just be mad that this episode was poorly written to like you know, it was a cheap tactic to fake us out. It's the and worst case. Compounded by the fact that there was the whole Supergirl traveling to an alternate dimension plot hole. Like, it was just right. riddled with, nah, let's just, uh, let's just it's put like our the, juggernaut on the The writers were on vacation. Right they it. put the B team on it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And then the B team all got drunk and handed it off to the C team, who then were abducted by aliens. <laughs> And then, you know, the D team comes in, and they're all just like, ah, crap, all the B team guys are drunk, so we're going to have to take those guys to the hospital because they get alcohol poisoning. So now we're on to the E team, and the E team is just like six toddlers with a pack of crayons. And so they start scribbling on the walls and whatnot, but they get tired because they're toddlers, and they're up way past their bedtime. So now we're on to the F team, which is a bunch of monkeys. And yes, a bunch of monkeys in a room can eventually write Shakespeare, but it's going to take a really, really long time to get that get to that point, and we don't have that kind of time. Plus, these guys are monkeys. And they're owned by the zoo. So now the zoo wants their monkeys back. So we're on to the G team, which is really just a gerbil with a hat on. And he's just got one of those cute Aww. little press hats on. You know what I'm talking about? A little thing that says press. But he doesn't know how to type. He's a gerbil. He doesn't know what's going on. He's just running back and forth across the keys. <laughs> he's just running across the keys. And it's adorable. It's a great YouTube video. You should check it out. It's on the CW's YouTube page. It's got like 5 million hits. It's amazing. A cute little gerbil and a cute little hat. But the fact of the matter is, is that that gerbil wrote a terrible episode of The Flash. So I don't care how cute he is <laughs> that gerbil can go scratch and what he just wrote there off the top of his head was way better than this episode of the flash gerbil wrote 
a terrible episode of Flesh. Okay. I just had to write down the title for our episode this week. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if there's any way to follow that, but the the worst case scenario for this episode, I think, is that they just went, oh, well, um, we, we still have four episodes left in the season, so even though we're at the point where we're ready to face off with Zoom, we need to do something to make the season longer. This is, okay, I... This was straight up felt like a filler episode. Like, of for everything that we've seen on Flash, we have we have all set the bar very, very high. This episode on pretty much any other show would have been passable. Got some running, we got some plot progression, so on and so forth. Yes, there were holes. We expect more from this show. It's just yeah, but it, I, I feel like it's compounded. It's not just that we expect more from this show. This was dumb by Arrow standards. This was dumb by '90s cartoon X-Men standards. Like this was whoa, not whoa, okay. Whoa, watch your <laughs> mouth, okay? Hey, everyone knows after the Phoenix Saga, that show went down the toilet. <laughs> we'll talk about it on a future episode. It'll be fun. But yeah, this was it was so lazy. It was just. This will fool them unless they look at it. But wait, it's a TV show. They have to look at it. I just, I was appalled at the sheer magnitude of their stupidity. Very weak episode. Very weak sauce. Yeah, it's okay to do filler episodes, but don't bring your main villain and your, like, season-long conflict into it. Leave that shit outside to when you're actually going to do something. And, you know, bring in a Monster of the Week villain to, like... See, but even their filler episodes are good ones. Like, exactly. That's and if that's the what they... It, it's, I don't think that's even a problem, but that's, you know, if they had done that instead, we'd, we wouldn't be having this conversation. That's also very true. Very true. All right, Chris, are you okay? I'm good. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk the season... What is it? The season opener? Premiere. Season premiere. Game of Thrones. Uh, Yeah. So, stay tuned. Geekade is hitting the road again, and there's going to be plenty of opportunities to meet up with us in person in the coming months. Why would you want to do that? I think the better question is, why wouldn't you? Our first stop is at ACBC, that's the Atlantic City Boardwalk Con, May 13th through 15th at the Atlantic City Convention Center in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Evan, Dean, and Matt from the Paper Cuts podcast will be there, as will I, Chris from the Stone Age Gamer podcast, uh, be joining them too. We will all be walking the show floor and going, giving interviews and high fives to everyone that we meet, whether they want us to or not. Then, Brandon and Travis from Apathetic Enthusiasm will be at the amazing Hawaii Comic Con May 20th to the 22nd at the Hawaii Convention Center. They provided some excellent coverage last year, and it seems likely that they will be doing the same thing this year, unless they decide to intentionally provide bad coverage. But that doesn't seem like them. Does it? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Hopefully not. Anyway, if you are in the Hawaii area, make sure you seek them out. Then, we're off to Too Many Games, June 24th to the 26th at the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center with the Stone Age Gamer Podcast. Not only will they be gallivanting about the show floor and hanging out at the StoneAgeGamer.com booth, but they might just have a few other tricks up their sleeve as well. TMG is one heck of a show and, a, and good gaming fun 
is promised to everyone who enters. Next stop, Garden State Comic Fest, July 9th through the 10th at Menon Arena in Morristown, New Jersey. This is Geekade's biggest show with many of our writers, podcasters, and video talent on hand. If it's comic-related, it's going to be there. Plus, the Paper Cuts podcast will be continuing their annual panel tradition. If you've ever seen these shows, you know that things get kind of weird, but in a fun way. More details on this one are coming soon. But that's just the first leg of our tour. Keep your eyes open on geekade.com for all of our latest stops, as well as all new original content. We post every single day. Artist Avenue is back, and this time I teamed up with the Cupid School to bring you a fascinating chat between two legends in the comic industry, Hi Iceman and Fernando Ruiz. Iceman, among other things, is a pioneer in the world of Popeye cartoons, and Ruiz is one of the biggest names in the world of Archie comics. Tune in to learn more about the accomplishments of a couple of great artists and fantastic gentlemen in Artist Avenue number 8, Hi Iceman and Fernando Ruiz. Geekade's sports page continues to grow. This week, thanks to Dave Diorio, we take a look at some familiar strategies and tactics used in an unfamiliar way. The Philadelphia 76ers haven't been the greatest team the last few years, but their general manager had an innovative plan to take them to the top. Find out what happens when basketball crosses paths with tabletop RPGs in Sam Hinkey, Dungeon Master, located in the Thick Tank. We're not the only ones excited to have Game of Thrones back. Brandon and Travis from Apathetic Enthusiasm have started up a fantasy league, awarding points to various characters in the categories of violence, sex and nudity, status and power, wits and schemes, and looks. Thanks to Melisandre and Brienne, Brandon has taken a big lead in the first week. After the game, the guys get down to discussing their opinions of the Season 6 premiere. Don't miss Apathetic Enthusiasm, Episode 64, Game of Thrones, a Fantasy Fantasy League. In the race to establish new intellectual properties in the 16-bit gaming era, quite a few characters popped up that deserve to be forgotten. Not among them is Tinstar, the robot sheriff of East Driftwood. Chris takes a look at its colorful characters, goofy dialogue, and fun point-and-shoot mechanics. Learn more about this Super NES classic in Lost in Time, Tinstar. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials. Uh, we are going to dive headfirst into the season premiere of Game of Thrones Season 6, right? Is that where we're at now? Yeah, Season 6. Um, All I really, truly remember about this episode specifically is that it started with Jon Snow being dead. He was bleeding out in the snow, and there was nobody around. They just left his body there. At that point, Davos, right? It was Davos yes. that went and picked him up and brought him into a room where it was Jon Snow, Davos, and a couple of Jon Snow's boys, and they locked themselves into that room because a portion of the Night's Watch was gonna kill them the rather influential portion of the night's watch that has actively hated Jon snow since Jon snow was Jon snow and uh they were like oh oh so so they went ahead and, and killed 
the Lord Commander. They went ahead and like, broke their oath because they hated this guy that much. We need to think of a plan because we're next. Right, but in that, if I recall correctly, and I only watched this yesterday, like a good portion of the meeting room where the Night's Watch were convening were against them. Mm-hmm. Calling them murderers and whatnot, right? Yeah, but it didn't take a whole lot of convincing to make him go, oh, maybe they do have a point. And all they, and every, like his panties were all in a twist because of the wildlings, letting the wildlings mm-hmm. in, right? Yes. Okay. Just flat out racism. That's all it was. <laughs> it was like, I'm, I'm a racist. I hate the wildlings. We fight wildlings. It's what we do. Wildlings are bad. Blah, 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 blah. They raped our ancestors. Blah, blah, blah. Hate the wildlings. And then Johnson was like, no, look, guys. Here's the situation. Thing number one, the wild things die by the, the ice people. They become ice people. That's then there's more ice people to kill. Thing number two, they're human beings. We got all this pl- space <laughs> we're not using. Why don't we just try to say, hey, we guys. We have this palential estate. Just Why don't you in. come hang out over here and not try to kill us anymore? Does that sound like a good plan? And he took that risk, and it probably would have paid off just fine in the end. Obviously, it was all kinds of bad. There's all kinds of nasty things happening in between. But when he let him through the wall, I thought it was the right move. It was a bold play, but I thought it was the right move. It was headed towards some good stuff. Because if they get the wildlings on their side, now their army is doubled. If they left them out there to die by the cold people... The cold people's army would have uh, would have doubled, right? And that just would have been bad times for everybody. But these guys are just like, no, wildlings bad, fire bad, ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> but it's like- kill, kill, kill. <laughs> and I still like the fact that it's like three of them that are like fire bad, and everybody's like, yeah, 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 fire, yeah, fire bad. is bad. That's a, just a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the logic of the traitors was not sound. I do think that the Sir Davos's plan to get the wildlings to come back and uh, yeah, avenge Jon Snow is going to be totally awesome and like going Oh, you think to- it's going to work? Oh, I think it's a great idea and I think uh, if it works, like it's totally like totally fucks over. That guy's name is Thorn, the leader of the people who killed uh-huh. Jon Snow. Right. Not it- Norm, not um uh, what's his name? Uh, Damien Dark, not Damien Dark. No. No. What's like he's specifically is- not that guy. He looks kind of like oh. that guy. <laughs> yeah. he no, acts he doesn't. Kind of like that guy, but he's not. That You're guy. crazy. I am crazy. Um, I do think that the guy they sent, whose name is Ed, to uh, get the wildlings, is going to have a tough time convincing the wildlings because wildlings don't do shit that they don't want to do unless maybe Jon Snow asks them, and that's really kind of not an option anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's gonna be like, "All right, so uh, these murdered motherfuckers, they killed the shit out of Jon Snow." We want to kill the shit out of them. You guys like killing the shit out of things. Let's go sh- kill the shit out of these bastards. And they'll be like, sure, I got nothing else to do. I love killing people. So they'll show up. They'll kill the shit out of those bastards. It's, it's going to be it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly as crap. But that's the other p- half of Sir Davos's awesome plan. Because that dude hates Red Lady. Like, with the fiery passion of a thousand suns. He's like, I, I, don't, I don't trust this bitch. I don't like this bitch. I don't like what she did to Stannis. I, I don't like any anything dealing with this woman. But then he's like, you know what? What if we point her in that direction? <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Yes, uh, we do. We'll just because I know they keep they popped back and forth in the episode. Let's just finish out. They send out 
Ed to go get the wildlings. Actually, they first send out Ed to go get the dog, which mm-hmm. I thought was cute because that thing is gigantic just sitting there. Uh, and then they send him out to go get the wildlings. Um, the rulers of the Night Watch at, at this moment give the guys that are locked in the room till nightfall to decide whether or not they are on Team Murderer. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where that story... Oh, at one point in time, Melisandre comes in, sees that Jon Snow is dead, and I... I feel like she's starting to second guess herself because she she says, you know, I saw in the flame that he was doing X, Y, and Z, and that can't happen if he's dead. I know everybody, there was a lot of rumor milling going on that she was going to end up bringing him back, but that did not happen. Yet. That did not happen yet. They're still playing out the most morbid uh, reenactment of Weekend at Bernie's in that room with Jon Snow right now. So (laughs) it's entirely possible that uh, Melisandre, after she, like, you know, she did the whole uh, took off her necklace, got fucked naked. Oh, that's the end of the the episode. Spoilers, dude. (laughs) Spoilers my butt. (laughs) She got nasty. Spoilers her wrinkly old butt. There's still there's still a good chance that she's gonna wake up in the morning and eat some cornflakes and be like, all right, you know what? I can handle this. I can take care of some business. Cause like Davos is gonna go to her and be like, hey, um, I know you don't like me and you know I don't like you, but uh, there's some motherfuckers that need need killing, and I know you dug Jon Snow. Uh, so how about you help a brother out? And she's gonna be like, yeah, you know what? Why don't we resurrect this guy? What what do we take care of some business here? You should really write this show, dear. <laughs> it's genius. I would watch the shit out of Chris's version. <laughs> I I seen a lot of chatter on the internet today. I seen. Listen to me. Oh my lord. You done did scene. I done did scene about like the shocking moment of you know seeing Melisandre's to self. Like there was not okay. one shocking moment in this episode. I I wasn't even re- re- remotely shocked. By I was kind of creeped out. I went, because I was yeah, looking down at my but, phone. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I mean, up and I'm, oh, hey, oh, okay. Our uh, a really excellent uh, good friend Hunter Wild uh, is is writing our uh, is our I guess recaps whatever yeah, our yeah. our Game of Thrones series uh, for this season and <laughs> he as he pointed out like this is kind of a boring development that she's an old ugly old witch like oh just like every every witch in every story ever is. Using some kind of magic to hide her true ugly self? Well, yeah. how original. Well, yeah, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand the point why they're doing it. I'm just glad that the woman from room 237 finally got another job. Now, I don't know if everybody's going to pick up on that, but it is a Stephen King The Shining reference. When Jack mm. Nicholson goes into that's what, the room. That's what I was thinking of when that scene happened. I was just like... You mean the shinning? Do you want to get sued? <laughs> the shinning. Um, okay, what, what, all right. So that's, that's the wall. Where are we going right. next? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Should we work our way south and go, go to the north next? Where, which, which, what's, which, just. S- Sansa and the Boltons. S- okay, so Sansa and Re- Sansa Reek. Sansa and the Boltons. The worst musical act you'll ever see. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, so the, they're just not going to explain how Sansa and Reek jumped off a four-story castle wall and are fine? They landed into snow. They, 
It doesn't matter. Don't give me that. At the end of There's that episode. There's a marshmallow factory at the bottom of that category. Very convenient. <laughs> Seriously, I want like a, you know, top ten list of things they landed on, just for comedy's sake. <laughs> they landed safely, ran away. So it's Sansa and Reek. They, apparently, the jump wasn't that big of a deal. What was a big deal was crossing that river. I don't know why uh-huh. it was moving water. Yeah, it might be a little chilly, but either it's way. It's freezing! A little chilly? I was really expecting somebody to lose some limbs when they were done crossing that <laughs> river. Meanwhile, they're being chased by, like, I don't know, five, six guys on horses, a couple of guys with dogs. And, and we've seen um, we've seen Ramsey Bolton's dogs. Like, they're vicious. Yes, they are horrible, horrible beasts. They're going to fuck you up. So they make it through the... Reek says, we have to cross this river to, to throw off the dogs, which makes sense, but you don't cross straight across. Like, because that's just silly. You got to move your way down, because the dogs will go straight across and pick up your scent. Anywho, they make it across. Boy, if I'm ever being pursued, I want you with yeah. me, Evan, because I did not know that. Yeah, the point is that they... Anyhow... They make it across. Uh, apparently, they have to take a timeout, and they, they take a timeout in a knocked-over tree, and immediately, they get caught. Uh, Reek does do the, I guess, noble thing and tries to, you know, throw them off the trail by saying, no, she died, but I don't understand what his plans were. They're, they're dogs. They, they, they find her, him. Well, I mean, you gotta, you gotta figure at this point he's reek he's still he's pretty mentally fucked up so any plan he's gonna come up with it's gonna be, gonna be a great plan yeah, plans uh, don't seem to be his strong suit points for trying I, I do give him credit yes um so just as about like okay so they they really were they were going to i feel like they were going to kill reek but they weren't going to kill sansa because what's his name wanted sansa back q the what's what was her star War's name? Captain Phasma. Captain Phasma shows up. Um, I wasn't really impressed with Phasma's fighting. She did a lot of big sweeping things, and whenever a fight happened, she sort of got knocked down. But I, I think she didn't have to be that impressive of a fighter in this situation because they had the element of surprise. Right, well, Brienne of Tarth and her little homeboy saved the day. Just enough to... Podrick stra- Payne! <laughs> Just enough distraction for Reek to send through the final blow. Everybody's dead. The dogs are gone. I don't know where the dogs went. Um, but at that point, Brienne, <laughs> I don't, uh, once again offers her <laughs> services to Sansa. Walks up to Sansa and be like, all right, let's try this again. <laughs> You need my help. It, it, it was a nice Behold scene. Exhibit A. <laughs> B, C, D. Dead bodies behind <laughs> us. It was a neat little... It was a nice little scene because I, I heard... I guess it must have been the guys on Apathetic. You know, seeing Sansa react to the situation that she was in becoming more regal in just that moment. Like, you saw her grow up really quickly. Um... And for the right reasons, as opposed to the other growing up that she did when she was being <laughs> tortured by that jackass in the castle. Yeah. Um, yes. So she takes. So all right, Brienne and Sans are now besties. That's the end of that story. Right. Yeah, I am. Uh, 
I, I think we saw signs that maybe Reek will be turning back into Theon, which I really hope to see. Uh, I read that uh, the Greyjoys are going to factor heavily into the season. I don't, I, I, I don't know book spoilers. I'm sorry. Um, but I read that the, they're going to be important. That family is going to be important. And if that's the case, then I think we will see more Theon as opposed to Reek. And I think that would be cool. Yeah. Once, once he gets back to civilization, whatever it may be, and he'll pop right back. Cause he was kind of a douchebag before. So hopefully he doesn't overcorrect. Maybe he just starts being a normal human being. Yeah. I would like to see him be more heroic. That's what I mean. Right. I gotcha. uh, like a more heroic version of that character. We also should mention the Boltons back at the castle who are like wondering or oh, what yeah. the hell. Ha- that they- whole scene with the Bolton boy and the Bolton father. Yeah. Uh, Roos Bolton is crazy and evil, but he's not stupid. Right. <laughs> and uh, he, he like, he, he just uh, kind of crystallizes it for Ramsey. Like, we just like the, the. The what we've taken over so far wasn't that hard to do, and we're gonna need a lot more. And you just fucking lost the key piece of that a lot more strategy. Yeah, with letting your girl run off. Yeah, the, there was also that little touching moment between Ramsey and the the dead girl. Mm. His his I guess, that was his Not, girlfriend, right? Yeah, like his girl on I the mean, side. She, yeah, she got, side piece yeah. more than girlfriend, I would say. Well, I feel that they had a bond because they were both twisted motherfuckers. That's true. So, yeah, there's that. So now Ramsey knows that his tenure is coming to an end if he doesn't do something soon. Uh, air stuff was discussed. He doesn't have a, a wife. Uh, he doesn't have any heirs. And he, I don't, if I recall correctly, he wasn't. Like the first choice for, he was a bastard that right. was made legitimate. So, um, so I think that that there's some other, like maybe he has a daughter or something. There was something like there was another option to produce an heir through marriage and whatnot. So, all right, there's that. Now, where are we going next? Talk uh, Tyrion, because this sure? this really had nothing much to do with anything. Uh, Tyrion and um, Varys. Varys. I loved that scene. I, I, I thought it was great. It. I thought they did a. I re- could listen to the two of them talk. I, for I would love ever. to see a spinoff. Um, but they. I, where are they? Marine. They're in Marine. After what's her name got taken away, or I shouldn't say she wasn't taken away. She flew a dragon away and then got kidnapped, which is another part of that story. But. They're just wandering through Marine. Um, Tyrion seems to be in charge now, right? Yeah, yeah. they left him in charge. <clears throat> yeah, they were like, "All right, we're gonna go try to find Daenerys. You do what you do and politic the hell out of this place." Because I don't know if you noticed or not, but it's fucked up. And <laughs> and he is doing a good job of politicking. Um, yeah, he's just walking around and being like, "How am I gonna clean up this shithole?" <laughs> it, and it was just shy of saying that out loud. <laughs> Um, I love the scene where he stopped with the beggar and his like language barrier was so bad <laughs> that, that he was she, Ferris is like, she thinks you're going to eat her baby. <laughs> here, for your baby to eat. <laughs> um, the relationship between Tyrion and Varys is is great. Like they they the the two of them like 
could carry a full episode. Like, I wouldn't need any of the other stuff because you know there's something going on underneath the surface. Whenever the two of them are getting together, something's up. Something's going to happen. And at the end of their interaction, we see that all of the ships are on fire. So no one's leaving. At least not by boat. Well, that's... Yeah. Isn't that that surrounded by water? I don't think it's an island, but that was her plan to get to King's Landing was to use those ships. Yeah. So, and that's that. That ends that scene. Uh, We could talk about... Daenerys, I guess, would be the next place to go, seeing as that sort of ties in at the end of the last episode. She is Yeah, be- there was that elaborate horse circle going on. Yes. I mean, like, really elaborate horse circle going on, <laughs> which I thought was really cool that they actually got to that spot. There was just this giant circle of tracks there. Like, and yeah. I was upset because we saw at the end of the episode that she drops her ring, and uh-huh. then they show... You know, homeboys coming up over the ridge, and I'm like, if those motherfuckers find that ring in the middle of this giant field, I'm gonna be pissed off because there's no fucking way that would happen. And then no, they the just grass was all stumped. <laughs> they yeah, I mean, they showed were... the bullseye of, hey, look here, this is where the ring is. I'm like, all right, okay, I'll buy that. It was... I could watch the two of them, Dario and Jora. Just like that's another show I could just watch is the Dario and Jora show. They're so. Well, I mean, they're totally different uh, dynamic from Tyrion and Varys, mm-hmm. but one I really enjoy and I, you know, also easy on the eyes. <laughs> well, we keep getting reminded that we're going to lose Mormont soon. Uh, yeah, he's not getting any healthier. No, he, he has the stone the disease. Grayscale. <laughs> grayscale. Uh, I don't know how many episodes back, but apparently it's taking a while for Grayscale to kick in because that was... That was a good chunk of time ago. Um, it feels like a good chunk of time ago because it's so damn long between yeah, seasons. True. Um, but they find her ring and I guess her trail. They're on the trail. So well, Jorah caught her scent. <laughs> Daenerys was kidnapped by um, some Dothraki. Just, just a random group of Dothraki. Cal, not Drogo. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what that guy's name is. <laughs> so she is being taken to another Cal call, and like I loved that the little interaction between the two the two riders talking about her and all her bits and really uh-huh. inappropriate stuff in Dothraki, assuming that she doesn't understand, and she doesn't say anything. She just she just plays it cool, and then when she gets there. Oh shit! She ain't having none of it, and she she drops the bombs, <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, well, uh, thank you for dropping those bombs. Go live in this retirement home." <laughs> yeah, yes, this retirement home <laughs> for widows. Uh, and, uh, we got a house for bitches like you. <laughs> her face when they told her that's what they were gonna do is priceless. And uh, you know what? I bet she wishes she had some sort of I don't know fire breathing <laughs> mythical beast to come along and rescue her. Yeah. I actually, but enjoyed. for some reason that isn't happening right now. Well, because it's not so for it's, reasons. It would be too convenient. And I love right how now. the dragon just dropped her off and she's like, "All right, I'm out." <laughs> I know, like, what the fuck, dragon? Well, was, I feel like I remember her reaction kind of being that too when the dragon took off. She's just like, "Oh, the fuck, oh man!" <laughs> like, I gotta walk from here. <laughs> My favorite reaction in that whole scene was the two wives in the background. 
when they say, you know, you're going to the old age, fo- the old folks home, and they're just like, oh, that's right, bitch. You ain't got nothing in this place. I can't say cut off her head and shit. I was like, wow, that's, mm-hmm. that's a little extreme, don't you think? So, yeah. well, they are Dothraki. This is true. They are. Um, so she is pseudo safe for right now because apparently there's a law that a call can't sleep with an, a call's widow. Right? So they keep them all in a house. So they just put them away so they're not I seen. I smell sitcom. Are we, <laughs> what are we going to do with these bitches? Um, what else we got? I, I got to look through the cast. Who else we have? Let's go to Marine. Where, um, Right, Marine? Uh, no. What's, no, we were already at Marine. Marine. What's, um, King's the, Landing? No, the boring place. Dorn. Uh, Dorn. Let's Dorne. go to Dorn. Dr. Bashir got stabbed in the heart and nobody cared. Let's move on. <laughs> Actually, I was more I was more happy to see that whole, like they said, it should have been in, in 3D. That fucking face stabbing? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, can, can we talk about this idiot? All right, so they, <laughs> we get into this room, and there's two girls in there, and they're they're lethal as shit. And I'm thinking, oh, this they they're underestimating this guy. This guy might have some skills, might be able to take these two down. That would be a pretty interesting thing to do. And then he promptly turns his back on one of the two girls, and like as the camera's panning around, and I'm watching him like put his back oh, directly to oh, he's gonna these die. dumb girls. I'm like. Oh, well, he's fucking dead? What an idiot. And then he did die. Yeah. I think the most amazing thing about that whole situation was that they literally killed the messenger. (laughs) (laughs) That guy was just like, shit, I'm going home. And they're like, no, you're not. (laughs) He wasn't going to tell anybody. He just wanted a sandwich. He just wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible, eat a sandwich, and go to fuck the bed. But no, they they threw a knife right in the back of his head. So Dead, dead, dead. Yeah, very much dead. Uh, and nobody cares. Eh, yeah, no- and can I just say that every all the women in that area, like, they all suck. Like, none of the actresses seem to be very good at oh, their no. jobs. Like The interaction between those two sisters was horrible. Yeah, I don't know if it's, like, just those characters, but nothing about that is good stuff. And, like, the fact that they killed off Dr. Bashir, like... I only care because I loved him on Deep Space Nine. I didn't give a crap about this character. He sat in a chair. He looked kind of angry from time to time. Seemed like he had a good idea about a thing or two. Got stabbed in the heart and died. Why do I care? <laughs> Not I even don't. a little bit. <laughs> the really thing don't. that bothers me about this plot is that the the woman, the the girl's mother, um, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck her name is. Who cares? But she thinks she's king should have fucked Mountain. And she's going to get into Westeros, and somebody's just going to kill that bitch, like, immediately. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Jamie Lannister is going to... He's going to kill, kill the, the crap out of her. Yes. He's going to kill the shit out of her, and then he's going to do it again with the other hand that doesn't work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just poke her in the face with the metal hand. Like, there's there, there's one thing to, like, kill to be the bad guys killing off the good guys, and nobody's really going to wind up avenging you, except maybe Arya someday. But... If you're the bad, if you're a bad guy and you're a mediocre bad guy and you're killing off like important bad guy characters, like there's so many more evil people that are so much more dangerous than her. Like shit. What about the mountain? 
What about the resurrected zombie mountain that is Cersei's <laughs> puppet? That thing is going to rip her in half. Going to grab both of her ankles and then literally rip her in half. And then tie those halves together and start jump roping. It's going to be horrible. And she's going to deserve every minute of it. And that smile that I will get of it will be the only good thing that came out of that stupid friggin' plot. Except for the character that fought the mountain and died in the first place. Because he was actually interesting. But then he got all Darth Maul and... Uh, arrogant as crap and you know he keep wound up killing him and he, he oh. kind of had that coming but man screw that whole story arc so what the lead off of that story plot line is the return of jamie to home to his <laughs> sister cersei having the best day of her life yeah cersei cersei's <laughs> just having a bang up week um so <laughs> cersei finds out that a boat is approaching <clears throat> and she finds out that it's Jamie and her daughter but then quickly finds out that her daughter is in a box uh it then every I have to give credit to Lena Headey in this scene oh god yeah yeah, yeah. look I hate Cersei but she is fantastic that, that I mean so good just her face alone I'm it's not, amazing I, I don't like her hairstyle well deal with it <laughs> she didn't have a whole lot of choice in the matter <laughs> <laughs> she is fully on board with the fact that um, a prophecy has finally come in, come true. She was told a long, long time ago by some witch that, you know, she's never going to be happy and all her children are going to die. And ta-da, it came true. Jamie on the other... I mean, Tommen is left, but he's like the worst one. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's the... And that's like, <laughs> I mean, he's the, I shouldn't say worst. He's the lamest. Yes. He is the lamest, not the worst. Uh, Jamie, on the other hand, is very much like... Fuck prophecies. Dude, we're, we're going to take this shit down. You, me, we're going to get everything back. Plus, I don't know what his main plan is, but hey, I'll I'll, I'll root for him because I like Jamie Lannister. Uh, what else? Who else? We got Daenerys, Jim, Davos. Uh, we also saw in King's Landing, we got to see Marjorie check in with her. Uh, yeah, we got a, a Marjorie check in with <laughs> the largest nun ever to grace the screen she she's just i just guess, giving her a bunch of shit yeah, really just picking on the poor girl and then the i god i just i didn't get the point of these scenes i don't know why like why we had to see this other than to say oh marjorie's still alive that's pretty much it like okay thanks show let's move on and I they mean, did they did it pretty back, quickly let's go back to marjorie when like we have something to do with her mm-hmm. Uh, we do quickly find out that Tommen is worried about her, um, and was, who's the the priest dude? Well, I don't want to call him a priest. The High Sparrow. Yeah. He he just Commodore. No, not Commodore Norrington. He was um, Elizabeth Swan's uh, dad. father. Yeah. Okay. He <clears throat> slowly and methodically tries to convince her. That she is evil and she needs to confess. And once she starts to realize that, that she's on the right path and she has a long way to go, but she's on the right path. And that's it. No progression whatsoever. Uh, and I think the last, the loose end is Arya, right? Yeah. That's it. Yep. Okay. We got blind Arya. Uh, last season, she killed someone using the face of what are they? The, what are they? What are they, what's that group she's part of now? 
The House of Black and White, is it? No. It might be, but it's something that these guys are like super spy type people that could change the way they look. They have masks. Mm -hmm. And she used one of the masks to kill someone for her own reasons. Like it wasn't for the good of everything. It was for revenge. I don't even remember who she killed. But at the end of that episode, uh, it makes her go blind. The first time we see her now, she is panhandling on a, on a set of stairs, still blind. Uh, someone tosses her a coin, which is then immediately followed by that bitch of a girl that was at the castle with her, that, that, that trainer girl, and then tosses her a bow staff of sorts, and then proceeds to beat the crap out of her. That's so it. basically, she's going to turn into Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah, that's the- yeah. She she has her very own. I can't even see. How am I supposed to fight? Yeah. Yes, it it was kind of weak sauce for me because I was like, uh, my experience with Game of Thrones is, and this was I've heard this all over the place. The second to last episode of the season is the oh my god moment. The last episode of the season is the everything's okay. This is the path we're going. After that moment. And then the first episode gets you into the story. Last season, they didn't do that. They left the oh my god moment at the very, for the last episode, which was a major cliffhanger. And then they start the season with this bullshit. This waste of an episode because they have to apparently cover every plot point a little bit to make sure you know that all of these plot points are still here so that we can hopefully start a better episode next week. Well, I didn't think it was bullshit. I thought it was yeah. a decent enough establishment episode. It didn't have a big, you know, any real big flashy bangy kind of stuff, but it ha- lots of things I enjoyed happened. Mm. I mean, yeah, there was sometimes some good you got gotta- it. There was a little bit of, yeah, it was just a little, little, uh, little groundwork. Table setting. Yeah. I, okay. I'm of the minority. I wasn't a fan. I was bored. The, the, I, I shouldn't have been as shocked as I was to see, you know, Melisandre, when she was all old, like I should have been paying attention, and the show just wasn't grabbing me because they didn't take the storylines long enough for me. Like they made it so short and to the point for just to say, "Hey, for me," that it just it just didn't tickle me. I like it better when they when they only pick two or three storylines and stick with it for the sixty minutes, not all eight or nine of them, however many there actually are. See, I, I think, generally speaking, after this, when they they dedicate a little more time to the, the individual storylines, that does tend to work. But I really appreciated that they went ahead and did an episode where we got to see where pretty much everyone was, with the exception of Bran. Because, well, I mean, he wasn't even in the entire last season, but we all know he's coming back. But um, mm-hmm. I, I appreciated that, because at the end of this episode, I would have been like, well, then where the fuck was dot, dot, dot. Now I know for going into this season where everybody is, except those characters that seem to have disappeared from season to season, the people I can't remember their names because they don't really matter. And that's why uh, all the major plot points that are going on, I have a basic baseline of what's going on with everybody. So now they don't need to spend any time on any of that for their future episodes. That shit is out of the way. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw the the promo for the next episode 
or I, I don't know whether it was the next episode or like coming this season, but mm. I was pretty psyched. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff on Good the horizon. Stuff. I see uh, that they seem to be, I don't know where the monkeys seem to be suggesting that the Stark sisters might someday be reunited and that would be fucking badass in my mm-hmm. opinion. Oh yeah. I could, I could, that would be pretty dope. There was a, a brief shot of a dragon. So oh, of course there's there. a dragon. That's what this show is. Boobs with a chance of dragons. It's only tits and dragons. <laughs> uh, I, don't get me wrong. I am going to watch this whole season. I'm going to watch every goddamn minute of this show. I just, this one just didn't tickle me as much as I'm used to. <laughs> Speaking of being tickled, I just have to, I have to mention an experience I had earlier today. Uh, my dad watched the season premiere of Game of Thrones, and he didn't like it, because he said it wasn't following the books anymore. And then I told him, they ran out of books, Dad. There are no more books to follow. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. So I think my dad gave up on Game of Thrones, because it's no longer based on books, because they don't exist. But he didn't know that that it wasn't because the books don't exist anymore. He was just like, well, no, this happened to the books. Well, no, it didn't, But because ha- those books don't exist yet. Did he read the other books? Yeah. yeah. Okay. My dad's crazy, all right. but I love that man to death. <laughs> As do we all. <laughs> okay. Um, Chris, give us the spiel. You can get in touch with us at mailatgeekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. Evan is at Geekade underscore Evan. Karen is at Shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about any of the shows we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of other wonderful podcasts on iTunes. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome. And appreciate it. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. Fantastic, Chris. Thank you so much. So, quick recap. Uh, Flash. Yes, we had a, a bad Absol- week. Absolutely. We, it, was, you know, it was just an awful One moment. bad apple in the bunch. Keep on rolling. Right. Good show. Um, I am going to say yes to How I Met Your Mother because I like it and it's something that you don't have to fully concentrate on. Catastrophe. Heck yes. Heck yes. I agree with that. It's very, very enjoyable. And Game of Thrones, of course. Don't be silly. So I think I think that about wraps it up for us here at this week's episode. So please check us out on all the social medias, as Chris says. And if there's something that you feel that we should be watching, please let us know. Drop us an email. Drop us something on Twitter. You know, there's, there's lots of stuff out there that, you know, we can't cover everything and we can't watch everything. So sometimes we need a little help. So let us know what we should be watching. With that, I think that's about it. I think that wraps us up. So from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. You can't lock up the darkness. Good night. (laughs) Fuck you, Zoom. Well, then that's that. I will go out and buy the Blu-ray of Deadpool. You you want that in glorious HD. You know you do. I do. You want to see Ryan Reynolds in all his glory. I do. Hideously scarred Ryan Reynolds. You want it. Yeah, but there's a good portion of that film where he's not scarred. Keep that in mind.
Isn't there like a really good portion of Bristol Skull? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I know what you're trying to say, and it's about his winky, and I do not approve, okay? You don't approve of his winky? I find that difficult to believe. All right, it's getting it's getting a little warm in here. I'm in the twilight zone right now. (laughs) Goku grabbed the king of the universe's junk. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking love that show forever. Oh my lord! We just had a conversation about Ryan Reynolds' package, and I was I'm the only woman in the conversation, and I didn't participate. And you didn't speak. Yes. Just need to point that one out. You guys ready? Okay, fine. Okay, fine. I, I'm assuming that's yes. Yes, in our okay. house, that's Sorry, yes. Sorry, that's that's really not funny to people who don't know our kid very well. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Chris, give us the spiel. Uh, no, because okay. I I don't have it queued up. <laughs> I am poorly prepared. <laughs> yes, I am ill-prepared for this moment, but it, it won't take long. Um, we could try this out. <laughs> Evan, we totally should be vamping. We're totally failing right oh, now. Oh, no, I'm just going to edit all this out. <laughs> and this concludes our broadcast day.